And boom, we're back <laughs> for another episode of AlphaCast. I'm Mike Winter, and I'm, as, I'm here as always with the powerful Dr. Bear Paul Lando back in his abode after weeks uh, going back and forth uh, between the beach and his farm. He and Deb having to evacuate, uh, what was that, two weeks ago, Bear, due to the Smith River Complex fire which is uh, was at one point, I think, 12 different fires, all happening at one moment in time from quote-unquote lightning, which we'll get into today, but it's good to have you back. I was over there at the farm yesterday for most of the day, uh, and it's great to see the land just thriving. I know we'll get into there are elements that aren't, but overall, the power and the beauty of the AV Gardens and your home was uh, quite apparent yesterday as we did a little birthday celebration and had some fun time hanging out. So I appreciate having me over there today, Bear, uh, over there, over there yesterday, Bear. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, always amazing to see. And it was a uh, triple birthday. It was uh shannon's who was actually the day before there's uh yours a few days before that and mine a couple days before that so uh it was a good gathering we had elizabeth and garvin here helping us celebrate and uh man is it good to be back to the farm you know we've been back about three full days now and we're coming back every day it was too sketchy to sleep here because if the fire could have cut us uh out of the southern egress there and uh not fun frying in your sleep so we decided to sleep elsewhere and uh yeah you know the the biggest bummer in hindsight is i miss music and sky so uh i want you to tell us all about that you know i was really looking forward to seeing a lot of people there hooking up with folks um i wanted to see our friends uh marty and jen as his bride and uh or his significant other i'm not sure how <laughs> his wife what the formal status is oh okay and uh and i was looking forward to seeing amanda and kelly and uh all sorts of people there and then of course everybody was going to entourage it back uh to the farm here for you know some uh fun and dips in the uh you know in the river and everything but it didn't happen so we we held down the farm we came back every day the smoke was horrible um but we get here and we just kept uh the sprinklers on everything full-time had to keep the water pumps going full-time uh just kept everything hydrated and damp and and uh meanwhile the smoke was so thick some days you could hardly see in front of you but we're back and we have beautiful clear blue skies skies today and we're harvesting so uh however you want to take off here um with music and sky or just your oh. own comments well, I'll, I'll read the little intro you wrote, and then we can kick it into Music and Sky to start uh, in the chat already, seeing a, a, a number of familiar faces that we're at Music and Sky, which is wonderful. Uh, Don Lester in the house. Uh, she said, we missed you at Music and Sky too, Bear. Don was such a- Yeah, it's a bummer. Dawn, I was really looking forward to uh, seeing she's going to come up and stay with us. And Giselle came in from Canada and, uh, uh, oh, well, next year, I guess, right? Yeah, next year, we're going to focus on hopefully doing and I'm going to well, let me do the intro because I had a wonderful meeting okay. with Matt Noah and last night are my partners with music and sky. And we are starting the new initiative of looking for land. 
We're looking for land to purchase so that um, we can do have an event space where people can live at. Uh, we want to build out a farm on it. We want to have it kind of like what Cielos is doing, but kind of also what we're doing at Alpha Vedic. And we're looking in Southern Oregon, potentially NorCal. We want to be by AV. I want to be ideally selfishly bare. I want to have it up by where my kids are now going to school uh in southern oregon so we can just move there and i can live on there between there and gasky and um start developing that event space and farm and that will be where music and sky can go down and we'll still be able to do cielos as well uh if we want but the idea is it's time for our communities to now start exiting and building uh and also around the av area as well we've had friends find land uh, and move up by us here uh, on the Smith River. So maybe there's even potential to find land right around here, which would be amazing. How cool would it be to do music in sky, like walking distance <laughs> from AV Gardens? Um, That'd be but, amazing. Uh, bear, uh, I will say Matt and Owen are ready. They're ready to get out of LA. Uh, they're fully open to doing this. And um, I, I was really proud of that moment of that discussion last night. And Matt's got a little one uh, who was at Music and Sky. She's, I think, uh, coming on a year old. Uh, and uh, and Owen is uh, very uh, aware of what's going on. And he's been the one pushing this the most. So uh, it, it's time to start really um, creating the new in ways that have never been done before. And that's really exciting. So, uh, but yeah, what a few weeks it's been. Well, the best ever music and sky gathering raised menacing fires threatened the AV farm, but the 2023 harvest has commenced amidst the chaos and uncertainty. We had to vacate, vacate the farm and suspend all alphabetic business, but we're back. Uh, the site did launch yesterday, relaunched, which is great. So we're open for business guys at alphavedic.com. Uh, fire is the element of purification, uh, but the unbridled effects of this powerful force has been harnessed since antiquity to displace and conquer indigenous populations. Recent fires drove that reality too close to home, but we survived and have returned to our beloved off-grid home with a heightened sense of mission. And we thought it would be fun today to do a recap of all these events going on um, from Music and Sky to um, the fires, myself being on the fire, getting your perspective from not only you and Deb speaking to locals, but also, you know, you being a professional firefighter. I see you're wearing uh, uh, your shirt today to, in honor of the great island of Maui. Love to give a little context on that. I grabbed this awesome sweatshirt yesterday from by camp, uh, Fear No Evil. Uh, and it's got the, um, on the back of it, it's got the famous, uh, it's got the very well-known biblical, uh, what is that, Matthew, that I walked in the shadow of death or the valley of death. Um, here, I'll show it to everybody. I don't know if you can see that. But anyways, I, I'm wearing this because the point is I saw a lot of firefighters wearing the sweatshirt on the fire, fear no evil, which showing that there's an element of consciousness around what's going on right why fear no evil this is just a natural phenomenon of global warming and <laughs> they're getting it they're getting the fact that 
there's arson involved, there's higher elements of not only political, but globalist intentions to use fire to burn people out, to take over properties, to create smart cities, all that we'll get in today. But I thought this shirt, this sweatshirt's so badass. Uh, and there were so many awesome firefighters uh, that I met on the line that I'd love to talk about today. Um, but yeah, um, when to finish this, when fall farm duties lesson, we'll be channeling our energies into our new membership site. Uh, which is launching finally, uh, while we continue to develop the uh, development of our AV workshop retreat. And we're very happy to get back into the flow. We wouldn't have made it this far without the support of our amazing Alpha Beta community. We love you guys so much. And as I title this, Bear Strengthened by Fire and Back Online. And when we say online, we're not just talking about the website or AlphaCast. We're talking about literally the community online in the etheric as we all come together and move beyond uh, this wannabe, wannabe elitist um, control grid mechanism that we know is failing as we watch it collapse. Yeah, a um, lot to unpack on so many topics today. And uh, since you opened uh, with a little talk on firemen, you know, I came from a firefighting family. My dad was um, chief of the Gray Eagle uh, volunteer fire department, a little logging town up in the high Sierras in Northern California. Uh, one of my brothers was chief of the Ross Valley fire department, um, in Marin County. My other brother is a captain in the same fire department. And when I got out of school, after I was finished with pre-med and everything, they told me they were hiring up in Novato, you know, the first ever elite group of uh, paramedics, but you'd have to be a firefighter first. So uh, I got hired onto that and did the whole Stanford program and spent, you know, a good number of years as a fireman paramedic before I went and did all the other stuff. And, you know, my whole thing with the fire department, I loved it because it was a great segue from sports. You know, it's kind of a fraternity. It's like being yeah. back in the locker room again. And <laughs> I know the locker room's integrated these days, but back when I was, uh, you know, firefighters, just a 100% male affair. And uh, I think there might be some wisdom behind that. Sorry, folks. So uh, the firemen, you know, not only was it a fraternity and did we have each other's backs no matter what. I mean, it didn't matter. Uh, if you had to risk your life, uh, you know, if there's somebody inside, you went inside, you know, and uh, completely engulfed buildings into wildland fires because we we saw it all in the district that I work for. And um, compared to, let's just say, law enforcement, because with a lot of uh, fire scenes, we had to work side by side with law enforcement. Yeah, there's good guys and everything. I'm not maligning cops or anything. But it was a definitely different mentality. You know, the firemen, we were all renegades and and uh, had completely different lifestyles in our personal lives where the cops were just a little bit more, you know, in the normie world and took uh, kind of a power trip, a lot of them into, uh, in the, you know, took it serious, took themselves too serious, we'll just say. So uh, what I'm leading into is it doesn't surprise me that firemen these days are catching on a little bit quicker than our other first responders as far as what's happening in the world because we've always had to think out of the box you know like in football you and i were talking yesterday uh, we we're kind of sharing old football experiences and uh, i was a defensive player and defensive players are more 
you know, just reaction, uh, kind of a little bit free thinking, and you just have to be a little crazy to play on that side of the ball compared to the offensive lineman. And that's how I kind of perceive firemen versus cops. <laughs> you know, we, we, you know, we had to go in, you know, we didn't run away from danger or put on Kevlar and all that kind of stuff. You know, we ran into the fricking flames and uh, risk our lives. And especially if there was a fellow firefighter, you did anything. It didn't matter if you're going to die or whatever. So uh, in solidarity today with the firefighters all over the place. And I made a lot of good friends because they have a, they still have a fire camp right up here in big flat. So I talked to them every day. Awesome. Awesome guys came from all over the country, different fire departments. Um, but you know, just, uh, they shared also their understanding that these fires that we're experiencing this last decade are not normal, you know, by a long stretch and that there's something else going on here. And also if you're out on the fire lines, you observe, observe things that, you know, you wouldn't observe otherwise. So it's, um, it's, it's, uh, just an amazing group of people that dedicate their lives, I think, you know, to doing firefighting because it's it's dirty, hard, dangerous work. Also, and, uh, uh, bear firefighters yeah. truly are the first responders, right? So they, we get toned out as a yeah. volunteer firefighter. I've realized this before the police are there. Uh, most of the time, sometimes we're told to hold back if it's like an actual law enforcement thing, like a shooting or something. But typically before the paramedics, before any quote unquote first responders are there, it's the firefighters first on scene, ready for whatever. And because of that, as you said, like we're the ones that see the stuff first and get the first, you know, before anything can be covered up <laughs> or hidden, uh, we see what's actually going on. And I think that's uh, definitely been the case in these wildfires, which we'll get into today, which is some firsthand testimonial from people I know that were not only on this fire, but in past fires were first on scene and the kind of nonsense that goes on to stop the fires from being put out for one or even worse. So, but yeah, great point. Like firefighters are the first on scene, the ones to jump into the fire uh, and then also engaging with fire, the power element, right? Which we'll talk about today. So there's a lot to be unpacked with, you know, that vocation and those who choose people, to take yeah. that on. Yeah. People can't appreciate, you know, um, as a paramedic too, I had to be the first one in a building before lines were laid, you know, just for search and rescue. And uh, if I was on a paramedic squad on that shift and you'd crawl in, you know, with full air packs and when a building was completely engulfed or a warehouse or something, you're crawling on your hands and knees because if you just raise your head about three inches above the floor, you get third degree burns on your ears. I mean, that's how ominous it is. And it's dark. And if you're claustrophobic or freak out about anything, you know, you, you don't, don't want to be in that line of work. So today uh, in solidarity with, solidarity with firemen everywhere and especially with my maui brothers who you know is home to my children and where we raised our family and uh, knew a lot of the first responders over there um this is uh from the paia fire department which is on the north shore of maui and uh you know right before we got hit here there's some fires starting to act up in southern oregon uh, but then Maui hit and we were just devastated by that because we knew people, you know, uh, 
that lost everything in that fire. And uh, so we've been talking to people every single day, you know, on the island of Maui, our old friends and family and everything. So uh, in fact, we're doing a little thing now that we're back in business for a certain amount of time. We'll be donating a certain percentage of our sales and everything to uh, the people of Maui. And it's not going to go to Rod, Red Cross or some other CIA op or anything. It's actually going to get to real people that need the help. And, uh, you know, they're hurting over there. So I'd encourage everybody just to really pitch in and help because they were victimized by direct energy weapons. There is absolutely zero doubt about it. And uh, we don't have to talk at length about it because there's plenty circulating on the internet. But all of the people that were involved with orchestrating the response to that are all these suspicious characters that have uh, shaded histories in other catastrophes, you know, like the police chiefs, uh, Las Vegas and all these, these kinds of nefarious folks that keep showing up at the scene of the crime, you know, actors and so forth. And um, little did we know when we were really heartbroken watching the Maui scene unravel that, uh, you know, we're going to get hit up ourselves very soon. And so when you, you know, we had a lightning strike, you know, and there's some fires from that, but then a full week later, when there's no lightning, there was still just fires springing up all over the place for no reason, all at the same time, all coalescing and all, you know, if you had to be, um, you know, war gaming this, as far as how you wanted to overcome or, uh, engulf any particular area, and depopulate any particular area, especially when it has those pesky kind of Northern California, Southern Oregon uh, traditionalists and constitutionalists. You know, uh, you know, we've been targeted here for a number of years, and um, you know, it's because basically the the mineral rights for the land have all been sold to the Chinese for carrying our bonds for so many years and bailing out our economy. And now they want their land. That's why they're going after the ranchers. That's why they're trying to burn us out. And uh, also, of course, Maui has that uh, that extra little attribute of you know the the elite folks want that to create their their little first in the world uh, you know fifteen minute island dystopia there or or techno island whatever the <laughs> heck they call it. So yeah, folks, we need to wake up because uh, we are under attack. And I'm really not trying to be dramatic, but we are under attack. And for those of you out there that still can't see that this is fifth generational warfare and they are coming for all of us, this is not the time to comply with anything. It's not the time to obey. It's not the time to ask for permission or go out and you know file all your tax forms. And, uh, you know, do all the things because we've been programmed to be afraid not to do all that stuff. Well, we're at that historical point now where uh, they're literally trying to take us out. So my question to our audience and everybody out there is, uh, you know, this is the time where we have to stand up and, uh, and it's going to be interesting. So I'll leave it at that. And uh Mike, you yeah. take it away however you want to direct the conversation here. Yeah, and I will just add that we've been under attack for decades, hundreds of years, thousands of years, but really ramping up since probably after World War, or excuse me, after uh, the Civil War, 
when the the war of northern aggression was used to create the corporations right and the sort of the that infrastructure and then that moved of course into the early 20th century with the banking system and so they've been ramping this up for generations but now they're this is the end game we get to be here for the end game which is actually very exciting um, when we transmute this all into beauty, which is what we do at Music and Sky. And I think this is a good segue into Music and Sky because while we understand the war is happening and it's been happening for a long time through the disgusting toxic food systems that have been created for generations, the big ag, you know, uh, the money, the system that collateralizes literally our living flesh and blood or spirit from the time we're born, right? And that's how the banking system is actually run is through the collateral of us. Uh, and we can get into a little bit on how they're trying to switch this whole world economic forum thing. And the great reset is, is about re-collateralizing us in a new way. Uh, and um, anyways, all of that's been happening forever. And I people are finally figuring it out, which is great. And so those kind of people who are totally awake to it are now meeting at places like Music and Sky. And what are we doing? We're transmuting it all through beauty, love, and the magic of our spirit into a new world. And people that were at Music and Sky were embodying that as we ourselves there were going through the ringer bear. So yeah, I guess I'll give a quick synopsis because I think it's a microcosm of the solution, right? Of, of what we're gonna do. So I am headed down to Music and Sky. Uh, I'm headed up to our other place in Southern Oregon to get the trailer. Cause I always pull my trailer down there. I live out of my trailer as my office at Music and Sky. And so from Southern Oregon, headed down all the way down to the Kuyama Valley. It's like a 14-hour drive. I break it up in two days. And as I'm headed there, I get this crazy migraine. I'm way out of it. As I'm headed to the house to get my trailer, excuse me, on sun, was that Sunday? I'm way out of it. I'm like, what is going on? I should be excited about this. I was like in a fog. I crashed my truck. I smashed my rear, my side mirror. And it's like my higher self was warning me about something. And I was like, there's something really wrong. And then boom, uh, my parents um, messaged me, hey, we're getting, we got all this rain today and uh, there's thunder and lightning storms. Uh-oh, that's not good. And so I'm starting to kind of follow that. And I'm telling my wife, this is not good. This is not good. We're getting all these lightning strikes. Uh, and she's just like, I don't want to know about it. <laughs> well, if it comes to something, we'll figure it out then. Let's stop stressing about it. And I was really stressing about it. And so then as a volunteer firefighter, um, I got toned out. Uh, it just means someone called 911. And I am on an, I have an app on my phone that lets me know um, when we get toned out, uh, right, when we're it's in our area that there's fire. So I'm already now packing up and, and headed down south. I'm literally on the road, just started leaving after um, wishing my family goodbye. And uh, now have to decide, am I going to stay, turn around and go home and join the my team and get on these fires? Or am I going to he keep heading south? And I was talking to my wife and she said, Blakely, you you know you you're so tapped in. She's like your your mission in life is to be there. You need to continue. That's where you're meant to be. One more firefighter isn't going to change much. So I start headed down. But long story short, on the fires we had like all these lightning strikes, and all of a sudden we have twelve or thirteen fires that started, which 
you know, is very novel. That is not a normal thing. Yeah, we get the lightning strikes and we can kind of go into the nature of what these lightning strikes were like, how unique and different they were. But this was very odd. Um, reports from our Alpha Vedic family down in Humboldt were saying it looked like a war was happening in the skies that night. Um, they'd never seen this sort of rapid nature in terms of the strikes. It was just like boom, 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 like everywhere, like the gods were battling in the skies. Uh, <clears throat> this was getting reported all over uh, our county from different uh, people that were watching this. And we found that I've seen, and I shared this on Instagram, I think yesterday, this is not just in this area. People are reporting this all over the country right now, all over the world. This very odd behavior of these thunderstorms, these lightning storms, where they're not hearing thunder a lot, even though the lightning seems very close. They're seeing it um, in sort of a rapid progression of lightning strikes, not your traditional sort of strike, then a pause and a bit, another strike. It's sort of like boom, 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 constant. Um, on the fire later, when I got back, um, I we we were up on the mountain on the hill working the fire, and we got a report that a thunderstorm was coming in from the east, which is novel once again that's not regular normally we get the coastal thunderstorms at this time late summer which does happen we typically get a rainstorm even though i haven't experienced since i've moved here um the old guys here were saying that normally we would get a late summer rainstorm thunderstorm here but it hasn't happened in a long time and that is typically comes off the ocean and sweeps around these were coming from the east um redding i guess was flooding last week uh <laughs> Uh, so um, anyways, we'll we'll touch on that and how those actually that precipitation really helped us. But I watched this lightning bear in the mountains and I saw horizontal lightning, uh, which I know happens, but it was like in the, in fast succession uh, and it was just didn't feel right. It felt different. Um, I was hearing thunder. So those reports, we've heard reports of people not hearing any thunder at all, but I was hearing thunder on that. But. There's no doubt that there's something odd going on with how they're generating these lightning storms with in the ionosphere with the south with the the seeding they're doing with the spraying they're doing with the harp technologies they're using. This is well documented, uh, and so anyways, um, that was really interesting. Bear, when I'm headed down in Austin, there's 13 fires that have started in Del Norte County. Um, that being said, uh, I the team that uh, that from Gasky Fire that um, went out there on the first fire, I think it was the Diamond Fire. Um, they were with a, I forget, it's called an AE, I believe team, a forest service team that aren't locals. So they're like an assistant um, resources team that weren't locals that don't know our mountains that got put with them. And they actually redirected our team away from the fire. Uh, whether this was just, lack of, I mean, we've, we're hearing this a lot with the Forest Service, their inability to properly tackle uh, initial first strikes on fires. The, the feds were in our way the whole time, but go ahead. So our team had a, a type three tender, which is like a, a wildland tender with, you know, 1500 gallons of water and a hand crew and saw where to head off this initial fire, saw that we had a possible to get lying down, get some black down and get it contained. And we were actually told to turn around and go get a tender 
a water tender instead and come back and go a different route. And by that time, being up in the mountains, you know, it takes hours to go do that. The fire had gone from a few acres to ripping across the entire canyon and was out of control. That was one fire, the Kelly fire, which was on the other side of the 199, hit supposedly from lightning. Um, my neighbor, who is a retired fire chief and was on the Forest Service forever, who grew up in this town, who literally lives across the street from me, Buzz, you know him, he was headed up towards uh, along the 199 to go to the vet for his dog and saw the half acre fire there on the mountaintop right off the highway. They saw it and were like, oh, wow, they need to get on that. Uh, nobody was on it. They were up at the vet, came back hours later. Now it had spread multiple acres. Nobody was on it. Wasn't sure why Forest Service was there. It was right off the highway, accessible from a road above it. Uh, went to town, came back later in the night just to check on it. Now it was multiple, multiple acres. They did have a copter on it doing bucket work, which is when they pull water out of a river or something and dumping water on it. So he's like, oh, we're good. We've, they've got that fire under control. They left the fire. They didn't do, finish the job. Now that fire is like 40,000 acres, 50,000 acres. It almost took out a 130-year-old lodge that we were able to protect and became part of the Smith River complex and has destroyed some beautiful habitat. So it makes you wonder, like, what is going on here? Um, he had another story where back in 2020, 2021, the Biscuit Fire, which at that time was the largest fire in American history, I believe, they were on it. They were first responders on it um, when it was just a few acres. We're going up with the tender, a, a, a type six, I believe, a hand crew ready to put it out few acres and were called off by the fed saying it's not your district you're not allowed to tackle yeah. that fire we're hearing this left and right so there and is you know uh and that fire ended up becoming that, the largest fire in california in history so <laughs> it's just on that on that same exact day that you're talking about we were uh out in the morning early morning we heard there's a fire so uh myself and some neighbors we were out there with hand tools because we didn't have any water and it's in the middle of the forest and we kind of corralled it in and uh, contained it and there's multiple calls put into you know forestry and everything nobody ever showed up so we're out there all day just with hand tools making sure it wouldn't spread simultaneously up on the ridge now we're a few ridges away from you and gasky here um, but some of my other neighbors were up there with the dozer because they knew there was uh, something happening up there. They brought up a dozer and a little uh, tanker that, you know, one of our neighbors owns. And it was uh, just getting going, but they had it contained and the feds showed up and said, get out of here. You're not authorized. Uh, we got this. And they reluctantly left. And then uh, the feds did too, never went back and then that became the one that threatened big flat here the most because that would get down on south south fork road and cut us off and you know we, we'd have no escape so um yeah so the same thing happened here uh just who knows what but one thing i do know is i was watching that light show the first night and that was just completely bizarre you know deb and i our bedrooms up on the top level and we just look out over the treetops and uh, it, it was just crazy. And then of course, a week later with no lightning uh, or, or excuse for just independent fires to be starting up, 
Uh, it was like there's a lightning storm again, even though no visible presence of anything, but new fires were starting up all over the place at the same exact time, multiple locations. So, yeah, this this whole thing's bizarre. And then in past uh, years in this uh, decade where the, the new normal is, you know, what we're discussing, even though back when I was growing up in Northern California, you know, you'd maybe have a, a major fire every 30 years or something. Um you know, now every single year we have hun literally hundreds of fires, you know, in the state. So um, in some of these past years, we've witnessed through people on the ground that uh, work for fire service, different capacities, uh, the direct energy weapons, uh, unmistakable and distinct from lightning strikes or anything else. So here's a formula that seems to be the new pattern that um, uh, all this is done. First off, we have the just a severe atmospheric uh, aerosoling of different things that are collecting in all the foliage, and you know, and up here where it's heavy forested and everything, this stuff stays in the trees and so forth, especially aluminum uh, residuals, and uh, that uh, makes things ignite easier. It makes it so that fires uh, burn hotter and quicker. So you have that. So everything's kind of prepped. And then at the same time, you know, they're controlling the weather. So they bring in all these uh, phony weather fronts. And we were watching uh, what was happening in Maui. And then also when you were down at Music and Sky, the whole uh, thing that started in Cabo, yeah. those were definitely artificial pressure fronts that were created. And if you look at the Maui thing, I spent, you know, a good part of my life surfing, you know, off the shores of Maui there. And if there was ever a storm or anything like they were reporting, you'd have great swells and, you know, we'd all be out there with our boards ready to go. But uh, this particular hurricane or what, however they termed it was totally unusual. There weren't any waves. There's just these weird swirling uh, kind of winds, you know, sweeping on top of the ocean. And then, of course, that's what really, uh, you know, made the fires uh, spread in Maui. And that's the way they do it elsewhere as well. And we knew one was headed directly up to us from one they created at the same time in Cabo. And then the third thing they do is that they bring out the direct energy weapons, the dues, uh, when they have enough cover. You know, when there's a weather front, when there's some fires already instigated, now they bring out the dues and they, you know, it gives them cover to... Uh, you know, just really go for it and, and, you know, have complete destruction. And that's why all these fires from Northern California to Maui, you see just disintegrated buildings and things, you know, turned to ash and trees, you know, a few feet away are fine. And, uh, you know, I mean, this, this is crazy stuff. It's obviously advanced weaponry. And back to my initial statements, it is a depopulation agenda and it's coinciding perfectly into what we're going into now in the fall, which is uh, economic collapse uh, conflated with new mandates, you know, to protect our health and so forth. We'll talk in code here so we can stay up on yeah. YouTube a while longer. But uh, yeah, well, the, there's they're going to bring in all these new new things all at the same time, and. Um, Again, my question to everybody, what are we going to do? Worry yeah. about filing a 1040 form? Or are we going to say, fuck yourself, you know, 
you guys are the enemy. Um, you know, it's our bad for letting you uh, take over so much of the machinery of this amazing country that we all share. And uh, but now it's time for us to stand up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's quite obvious that the places that are being targeted are either a uh, targeted slated to be a smart city or be a protected wilderness zone where they can just the wannabe elites will just be able to play. And as everybody's in these like sort of 15 minute cities where they can't leave. Um, so obviously up here, that's what this area is slated for. It's slated to be this protected wilderness zone where no humans live. Right. Uh, and on top of that, one of the firefighters I work with who works for the state um, at the we call the bug station, right, the the checks where they check when you come into California to see if you have any um, fruit or vegetables that aren't allowed at the time. Uh, he was saying that uh, in his his supervisors have already been in meetings with state agencies talking about how they are planning the mega cities. Uh, that will be along the five corridor in the central central California, where they're planning to build these mega smart cities uh, and get e and everybody in these areas, the north of Humboldt, uh, in these rugged, you know, wilderness areas like we're in, will all be basically evacuated out of here due to tsunamis, fires, et cetera. Um, now, they didn't get into super detail on how we'll be out of here, but we won't be here anymore, according to this plan. And we will be in these mega cities uh, that will be connecting from here through LA out to, you know, Phoenix. And they'll have a super highway that connects them. That's all, that's like a train that you can get into. And they'll of course be selling this to everybody as um, sort of a, uh, a very much, you know, with the gardens and everything's taken care of where it's like heaven on earth where you're not gonna have to worry about anything anymore. There's a great movie called The Giver, which I highly recommend people watching if they want to have a sensibility of the plan here. And they do frame this as sort of, a, you know, um, what's the word? Like, every, you know, everything's handled for you. You don't have to worry about anything anymore. Uh, you'll live in total prosperity. Uh, uh, and uh, in The Giver, it's, it's this idea where you have no sense of history of where we come from. Uh, you're given your job as you reach maturity. Uh, Jeff Bridges is, is in it. Meryl Streep's in it. Uh, you know, I don't is know. Is this an oldie? That. I've never seen this one. Uh, it's phenomenal. It came out, I don't know, maybe 12 years ago. It's based on like a, a best-selling teen sci-fi novel, uh, of course, like, the you know, <clears throat> that they always put out um, and kind of like the Hunger Games. But it's this like uh, uh, this really fascinating concept where you live in a, rea a reality where nobody's allowed to lie where you wake up every morning and you get your your meds that are injected into you uh that keep you healthy and young uh and you basically uh have are given uh there's the elder class that give you what you're you know that shape in your realm they're you're completely monitored at all times but it's all peaceful. Uh, you don't have to worry about your food uh, and you have the, <clears throat> the edges you can't go past. And you're in this sort of like this, everybody is the same. Everybody wears the same clothes. Nobody's allowed to be different. Uh, nobody's allowed to have, there's no conflict and it's very low population and easily controlled. And so they, it's kind of like what it's doing is it's taking out the dualistic free will sensibility of the realm 
And it's a way in which we won't have conflict. So they won't have the elementals anymore. They won't have the, the nature spirit that allows for growth and ascension, right? You are now in this like pseudo, it's kind of reminds me of Burning Man in a way without all of the gluttony and greed and sort of, um, uh, you know, pure sexual aggression and, and freedom there. But it, it is that sensibility, that pseudo spiritual fake enlightenment that I think is what they're planning to corral us into so that we don't feel the need to rebel. It is very brave new world-ish versus Orwellian, right? Where it's like, we accept it because it's so comfortable and convenient. That is the 15-minute city. And what's going to happen is all these patriots and people who are rallying against it are going to build it because they are the tradesmen, the contractors who are going to get the, the money put in front of them to come and build these cities. And they're all going to fall for it because they're still normie. They're watching Tucker. They're falling into the materialist trap. They're, they're you know, still going to the MDs. They're still watching television. And while they're, you know, voting for RFK Jr. or Trump, they're still going to fall for the 15-minute city. And so once again, Bear, this this ties in. Well, and can I share this one video with you? Because this was Owen, who's one of the founders of Music and Sky, shared this with me last night. And this is really interesting. Going back to the fires of NorCal, this guy, these guys have been tracking these planes, and it's like a three-letter agency plane um, that has a shell uh, LLC or corporation that own them, but they're going over where our fires are before and after, and. Um, let me play this real quick because I think this ties in well to what you're talking about with the fires being generated, not necessarily completely from the lightning strikes or whatever those are, the DEWs and stuff, but they're doing other stuff, whether they have agents going in or what. But this is really interesting. People are tracking these anonymous flights over the fire zones that are happening everywhere through the country right now. Um, let me do a quick screen share and share this because I do think it's worth sharing real quick if you don't mind is this there. monkey works or it's not monkey works but they're awesome mm -hmm. too um mm -hmm. hopefully i've got it so um let me just make sure you guys can hear the audio when i'm doing share screen so uh, it works um for those listening on the podcast especially uh just make sure um, I don't know where that option is. I'll just put my mic up to my speaker. It won't be as ideal, but let me share this real quick because this is really interesting. Um, and can you see that? I can see it. Uh, where I thought the Department of Justice Flying in a very strange pattern in Northern California, where fires began popping up three to five hours later. Well, I decided to dig a little deeper to see where this aircraft would take me. Turns out I'm not the only one who's followed and tracked this aircraft somewhere else before. Matter of fact, tried DC in June of 2020.
for that work goes to John Wiseman. He did research back in 2020 where he found out that, that is actually an FBI aircraft. It operates under different front companies, so it makes it harder for people to track. But that's not all. There's more. Currently showing it flying right over all over Northern California and Oregon. So there's fires all over the place now. That's not enough. I'll leave you with these pictures. Anywho. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I forgot. I looked at that link. You sent that to me. That's a good one. But yeah, there, there's just all these things constantly that are being exposed now. It's um, great, man. It's the great unveiling. So mm -hmm. at Music and Sky, go down there. And what do we know? We now have a hurricane, right? You mentioned it's supposedly now coming, which we never have, right? A hurricane going to hit L.A., that just doesn't happen because we don't have tropical waters off of off of California. Yeah, they get warmer in the in the summer, but every surfer knows we're not dealing with 100 degree waters like they have off of Florida or 90 degree waters during the 60s. And so when you have those was that low pressure, high pressure system, I, I don't know this stuff, but when that when that's coming up from the the equator or you know from the south, it hits the cooler waters and kills the energy of any sort of storm. So you just don't have hurricanes hitting California. They were able to, with, with their technology, somehow push the storm through uh, and keep it going. And we were tracking it live at Music and Sky and it turned into a, just a tropical storm. Um, but uh, it was able, it was coming right for us. Uh, and so we're like, okay, let's, um, let's do some work. So on Friday, we started doing some visualization tapping into the elements, talking to our element elemental friends, because we elements are here to the elemental friends are here to serve us. We are the divine consciousness of the realm. The elementals are on a different lower level. And so we were able to shift that. I really believe that we were tracking it live and we're able to push it east um, when we had, you know, hundreds of people focused at a time. And uh, it just the edge hit us, and we have we had about twelve hours of constant rain on Sunday, which we transmuted into a beautiful, beautiful time. Uh, and then also, what do we have? We had a vegetation fire across the highway. So we first we had the element of of wind and uh, coming through um, with with the her, the tropical storm. We did have some some really strong winds ripping through especially uh, Monday morning, uh, we did have tents, you know, that were getting ripped off their stakes. We had the, um, the, the vendor village had to be moved inside. 
which became even better. Uh, but uh, so we had the, the element of wind. Then we had a fire, a vegetation fire on Saturday. We, everyone's phone started blowing up uh, that to evacuate due to fire. So we monitored that. It was, the winds, fortunately, were pushing it away from us. And we watched that go up the hillside a couple of miles away from the event. Uh, we then had an earthquake <laughs> later that day. That was uh, uh, the epicenter was only maybe 15 miles away from us in Ojai, California. So now we had we had the element of wind, the element of fire. We had the element of earth. And then finally, we had rain for 12 hours straight. So we had the element of water with flooding. And we had a creek that developed down the middle of the um, the event space that people were dancing in. We had we built bridges uh across them and so we had all four elements directly interacting with the event and meanwhile we transmuted those into beauty uh it, nobody was complaining almost nobody left uh and we just went with the flow and continued doing the programming and if anything it made the event way more special it brought us closer together while it was raining uh that that day it forced everybody under shelter so we got very close uh and had a lot of intense intimate conversations uh continued the dancing and the music absolutely stunning stunning best event i've ever been a part of or been to uh, the testimonials coming in uh, have made me cry multiple times. I mean, it was just an emotional time being there. Uh, and then everyone crushed it. All the speakers, uh, Marty Leeds on Sunday just absolutely floored me. Gave you lots of props there, Bear, on his on his sermon. Uh, we finally got Marty there. His partner Jen, his wife Jen, is just so amazing. Um, uh, Eileen McCusick was just just uh, phenomenal. Just an amazing person. Uh, and uh, Amanda Vollmer on Sunday night tore down the house. Just so funny and just very practical, pragmatic information that people really need to hear. Melissa Sell has been to every music in Sky, always crushes it. Just actually her talk was just breathtaking about going back to the to true female male uh, roles in, in, as in life and as a family and uh, with the, in, in, in association with the biological laws uh alex zek talking about voluntarism and uh the false moral dogma around authority absolutely crushed it and tied that into the sort of the spiritual center of what we're all about and how we can self-organize paula pratt kind of she really has become uh crucial in where we're going in terms of self-ownership and and sovereignty and the sort of somatic sovereignty initiative uh, where actual people in music and style that were there actually decided to stand up and take ownership and authorship of how they want to lead different uh, initiatives in the community. So we have 15 people who actually now have decided to um, become leaders in the community and start initiatives on the platform uh, based around everything from permaculture to therapy to helping people find uh, means of entrepreneurial pursuits. So it was really cool to see the community flourish and um, and develop uh, in ways that transmuted everything Mother Nature and man was throwing at us uh, quite, quite a weekend. And um, I'm still buzzing off it. And to be honest, still de kind of decompressing from it because it was so amazing. Well, the, um, 
Yeah, a lot, uh, a lot of points you bring up. Um, you know, first, when we're talking about the elements, and in contrast to the movie you were mentioning, which is like into a you know 15 minute city or something, the opportunity and the reason for our embodiment in the first place is to master the elements because uh, mankind is the master of the elements here. The elementals work for us. They have been given to us to be our co-creators, just like we're co-creators for the hierarchy, you know, that created this system and of worlds for us in the first place. And if we are in this 100% controlled environment and everything done for us, we will never uh, receive the empowerment and the wisdom of understanding these four energies we call the elements and how to mix and match them to create beauty and in a way where there will never be strife or destruction. And of course, the very first element that we talk about in alchemy is uh, the hydrogen element or the um, fire element, which is you know necessary for purification, but if it acts unbridled, then it will just be nothing but destruction with uh, no regenerative forces working congruently that are going to mitigate just uh, you know the destructive side because it's not by nature uh intended to be destructive it's only destructive when you use that out of balance and of course mankind is here learning these lessons so that we can be taken out of quarantine and put into uh, more pure spaces of consciousness so that we can be co-creators and be trusted with our abilities but this is uh you know, like the the training that we're going through right now. And of course, there are certain forces that do not want us to attain this mastery because we would be uncontrollable uncontrollable for forevermore. And so, you know, that's that's what we're looking at here. So when we're looking at ourselves possibly being engulfed in flames over these next last couple of weeks, uh, you know, we were calling for that balance, uh, working with the elementals directly and also the hierarchy of intelligence that created the elementals in the first place. And the elementals will act out if, uh, since we are their directors and if we do not have the wisdom to uh, conduct our affairs in such a way, then you know that will be a disturbance in their energy fields and they will act out and not uh, you know be doing things most favorably for us within this realm and you know servicing our needs so there there's that and we could go really deep you know into the whole alchemical understanding of the elements and everything but we do that quite a bit um you know i i was disappointed uh in not making music and sky because I had no idea what I was going to talk about, even though I was supposed to, I guess, talk on Saturday night. But what what came to me in hindsight was the reason for Music and Sky in the first place. And it runs a parallel course with the reason why we do Alpha Vedic. Um, you know, back in the mid-70s, when Deb and I first embarked on this journey and started living off-grid and, you know, going into what we now term alternative medicine and, and all these things that were revolutionary back then, um, we realized that we had a memory of doing these things. 
and not trying to get cosmic or new age or metaphysical care, but it's just like real memory. And in fact, after Deb and I were together for a short time, we had very vivid recollections uh, uh, together uh, and recollections of things we experienced before this embodiment. And one of the things that came out really crystal clear that we've never forgot is that we made a solemn pact to each other to remember and never forget. And so what it occurred to me when I was getting ready to leave from Music and Sky, when I thought I was still going down there, is that oh, that was the purpose of Music and Sky. And, uh, you know, you patched me in on a little telephone conversation to the mess hall, I guess, there when you guys were all eating. Yes. And I was trying to get the idea across that everybody in attendance there were familiars. There is no coincidence as far as people just showing up. Every single person there knew each other, had interactions with each other at some time and some level of existence of consciousness and was there in order to do one thing, and that was to help each other remember. And that's what this time is about, and that's what I really wanted to bring home for Music and Sky. Um, I, I had a kind of a peculiar life in a way in that, um, you know, when I was born, and this is kind of personal, but it, it kind of fits in with what I'm trying to say here, because when I look back at my life from from my original birthday um it was all about remembering and that's what this lifetime was about it was about bringing forth certain things that we had already experienced in order to manifest now that's what we're doing with alpha vedic you know we're uh you know a humble little small medicinal herb farm but our whole operation is about helping people remember that you know we don't need other people outside of ourselves to run our affairs. So at the Music and Sky event, everybody was there for that purpose, you know, to reassemble at a very significant time in history to help each other remember. Sure, there's good times. You eat together, you hang out, you listen to people, you have some good laughs and everything, but it, it went so much deeper than that. And going back to my personal experience, for whatever reason, and I didn't understand when I was growing up, you know, what was going on exactly. But I remember the exact uh, circumstances of my birth. I used to freak out my mom. I described the, the, you know, what it was like before coming through the birth canal, you know, the just the sensations, the feeling of, uh, you know, being uh, disembodied still and what that was like, uh, the color of the walls and the, you know, in the delivery room, the number of people that were there, who is there, what they look like. And then every single day of my life through my infancy to present, I remembered and I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to remember. Uh, and I just wow. took it for granted that um, that's just the experience that everybody had. And then I had some other experiences of other characters coming into my life at very pivotal times and helping remember very specific things that would become important down the road exactly at this time exactly as far as um, helping me understand what the heck i was doing here in the first place and so as uh, you've uh, you've done an amazing job mike at assembling this music and sky event every single year 
And it has coalesced an amazing group of people that have become regulars and new people showing up at the same time. And even though I haven't been there, uh, what I was trying to convey to your audience or our audience was that um, I have a very deep connection that I can feel and a very deep sense of history with all these people that have also become very integral parts of the Alpha Veda community and now show up here. You know, we have a couple of people here that showed up to help us harvest and, you know, just really good folks. So uh, I guess the, the point of what I'm trying to ramble on with here is that all of us are finding each other right now and it's in the nick of time. And it's also to help us understand that we're not alone in this. Uh, our job is not to focus on the bad guys that are starting fires and everything, but it's helped. Uh, it's here to help us understand what you've already mentioned, uh, which is what we're here to learn. And when we master this particular realm, then we don't have to. We're home free. In fact, we're home free all the time. There's so much exposure now with all the things that are going on. And some of the things we talk about too over the years uh, since we've been doing this is uh, tying in the whole lawfare kind of operation along with it because it's so significant as far as how they've brought us into this system of bondage under the auspices of law and economics. And the fact is, is um, in 1999, in just a quick short history lesson that a lot of you, I think, know already, we were home free in 99 because in 99, it ended the third phase of formal bankruptcy of United States Incorporated. And at that point, we were, unless we volunteered back in, we were free from all the contracts that they enforce against us to make us feel that, you know, we owe allegiance to some kind of authoritative uh, structure or individuals or so forth. And of course it all started in the revolutionary war when the Rothschilds through the Lafayette and other um, conduits financed the revolutionary war on behalf of the United States. Of course, they also financed the Brits at the same time. That's, the way they do it, you know, because you always come out victorious if you finance both sides. But at the end of the Revolutionary War and the founding fathers who knew exactly what was up, they weren't bad guys who are trying to sell us into bondage, but they realized, uh, you know, now as a fledgling country, we had to um, make it on our own. We had to engage in international trade and so forth, but we had this debt. So they brought it to the colonists and said, Hey, are you good for standing up for this debt? The colonists said, no, F you. <laughs> you know, we aren't having any part of it. That's where they developed the United States Incorporated. And, uh, you know, that took on the debt. And uh, in the process, uh, the collateral for that debt and in international debt for countries, unlike individual bankruptcies, which are seven years uh, international debt, uh, 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 bankruptcies on behalf of countries, a 70-year interval. And so for the first 70 years, we're collateralizing the debt, at least U.S. Inc. was, 
with the industrial lands of the north, even though it wasn't fully industrialized, but that was put up as a surety. So at that point, the bankers were already controlling the northern colonies. Now, 70 years came along. We didn't make good, not we, but U.S. Inc. didn't make good on the debt with the city of London. So that initiated a 70-year second cycle. And in international debt with countries, you're allowed to go through three cycles before things are forgiven. So now in the second cycle, we needed, they needed a new surety to collateralize the debt for the city of London. And that was the lands of the South. And I'm just bringing this up because you already uh, yeah. mentioned uh, the war of Southern aggression had nothing to do northern with slavery or northern anything. Aggression. Uh, northern aggression. Yeah. Sorry about that. And no, and, thanks. Uh, you're so bringing anyway, it, you're bringing it back to the OG, the Revolutionary War, which, yeah, uh, thank you for doing that. Yeah. So, so now we have 70 more years that are initiated with the Civil War, which is why they had to conquer the South and steal the agrarian lands of the South in order to have a surety for another 70 years. And then in that brings us to the next 70 year cycle, which is right before the, the Great Depression. And of course, right now we're going into the greatest depression, but it to be onset of the Great Depression, uh, that again initiated another 70 year cycle because the old cycle, the second cycle had come to an end. So now we're in the third cycle of bankruptcy. They needed another surety. So what was the surety in order to guarantee the loan uh, extended to us by the city of London, to US Inc rather, and that was to collateralize the people. And so that's where you had the birth certificate that came into being, which never existed before. You're all capitalized name three days after the certificate of life's uh, birth was issued, the birth certificate followed which was a corporatization uh, in our name. And then we were sold into bondage for the next 70 years to be surety on the debt. Now that brings us to about 1999-ish. We're free and clear. I was going to say uh, at that point. <laughs> okay. But at that point, a lot of us were shouting from the rooftops. It's like, hey, we're, you know, we're, we're free of these contracts and everything. Some of us knew it already and knew how to do it, you know, individually to, to get rid of these uh, nuisance contracts, but now everybody else had a choice. And of course there weren't enough people that understood it too much information, too complicated and too much fear to keep people from, you know, really trying to leave the box. So um, since 1999, we've had nothing but opportunity. And right now we're going into the financial Armageddon, which is more dangerous than wildfire really wildfire burns itself out but um you know the international banking community has no uh you know they're they're going for it all the way and uh, they're not going to stop till everybody's destroyed or subjugated and so that's what we're moving into this fall and so it's imperative and why we have stayed focused in doing what we're doing which is to create parallel self-sufficient universes where people can gather like you know we're talking about music and sky and start sharing ideas about how to have small decentralized farms and economic systems and systems of communication and uh help people understand 
how to take care of themselves, uh, you know, physically and biologically. And, and uh, you know, people like at Music and Sky, like Eileen, who, you know, with their sound therapies and everything, she's really done an amazing job to take some very complex uh, sound therapy, uh, you know, uh, technology things that I did for many years myself, but she's, you know, made it amenable to the uh, general folks out there that can start taking care of themselves with these technologies and not only, uh, you know, mitigate some of the effects that are being thrown at us right now with uh, the stuff we're breathing and, you know, things that people are putting into their bodies in the name of food and medicine, but also um, uh, elevating our consciousness to a certain level so that, you know, we're home free and clear of all this stuff in the first place. So, these are all the things that are being shared right now. It's the most exciting opportune time, opportunistic time, I think, ever. And uh, again, bottom line, those of us that are attending these gatherings, listening to these podcasts, putting ourselves out, creating, uh, you know, different parallel ways of living, uh, you know, we are all remembering together. And that's the point of uh, why we've all circled the wagons at this point in time. Indeed, when when I brought you on the phone on uh, was that Sunday during dinner uh, to speak, because we couldn't have you there in person. Um, and, and those statements you made, there were tears of joy and in, in remembrance amongst the audience. I know myself as people totally resonated with that message that we've been not only have do we know each other already but we've done this before in the past and it's just remembering and reenacting what we already know deep in our hearts is truth and that was a very powerful reminder uh and someone in chat did remind me that after eileen's talk the winds were picking up so while eileen was doing her workshop which was amazing it felt like we were on a ship on the high seas because the winds were blowing so strong that the ropes that were holding up the shade structure were like, you know, you could hear the wood creaking of the stage. It was like, whoa, this is getting kind of intense. Here comes the storm. So I got up after Eileen and I did an intentional prayer with everybody uh, to calm the winds. And we all closed our eyes and focused on that element and it calmed. Eileen was like, wow, Mike, you just did it. And someone just reminded me in the chat that that happened. And that's just a great testament to the powers we have over the elements uh, and and really the power we have over all of this sovereignty. Yeah, someone said here comes from the inside. And when we and music and sky is all about that personal uh, journey. When we come together, first and foremost, we each individually um, have a personal journey of remembering our power. Uh, and there's a lot of opportunity to do healing and, you know, through the yoga and the breath work and the dancing and all that. And then as we strengthen our individual node, we then uh, strengthen the overall field effect we have. And I think that is, um, that's the way forward, right? We get all of our personal garden a terrain, a soil, topsoil, if you will, the microorganisms and the uh, everything in our own body and our own spirit and soul, super dialed in. And then we find others that are doing that work and we put our hands together and our souls together and we're unstoppable. And um, I think 
people that leave music and sky uh that have to go back out in a normie world uh, are impervious to uh all the fear and nonsense around them and can breathe that shining light in their town to um be the true uh spreading of um right <laughs> the viral nature of of the realm which is spreading hope and love and and the beauty of what it means to be actually living man or woman and uh thanks giselle in chat here she uh has a gift for you bear by by the way i forgot to to give you uh which is here in the office uh giselle i will give that to bear as soon as i see him again um i do want to thank you for this book the first to seen, which actually Bear just purchased as well, is rocking my mind. Um, and this gentleman, Edmund Bordeaux Zekili, I don't think think I'm saying his last name right. I realized was also the guy who put together the Essene Gospel of Peace, who Eric gave me, Eric Cassano gave me years ago, yeah, which is great one. fundamental. And in this, he he taps into one of the OGs of the great ascended masters, the great um, thinkers of the past, Zarathustra, uh, Zarathustra from the ancient Persia. And he talks about the um, origins of actually chess, but this is the cosmic game of the 16 forces that drive our reality. And in this are the physical forces, which are also the elements and then the cosmic forces, and each of them is associated um, with each other. So you have sun, which is also fire. So sun is fire, the same thing. And sun is directly associated with power. So fire is associated with power. And as you were saying, Bear, that can be used for great destruction, or that can be used for great healing and great regeneration, like we do in alchemy, right? And so the forces that shouldn't be are trying to force their power through fire against us. And what do we do as a wildland firefighter? We use fire to fight fire. So we use that force for the good to protect ourselves. But even going beyond that, we use the sun to regenerate, whether that's sun gazing or what we do every morning on the farm. The sun is literally giving us uh, the energetics to, um, to heal, to have food and all that. Uh, and then water is directly associated with love, with love. So water is the, is the loving element. And of course, that makes total sense, right? With structured water, we are made of water, 99 percent of our cells are molecularly comprised of water uh and how ironic is a place like burning man which is supposed to be about fire and power and this sort of i will say pseudo spirituality of the materialistic realm the mo of modernity where people go to think that they're having some sort of spiritual awakening when really it's a sigil burning man is set up as a sigil for black magic it's a place for harvesting souls it was cleansed with water this year. The loving element of water flushed out Burning Man. And um, I think that's a powerful testament of the times right now. Uh, and then air, you have wisdom. Air is directly connected with wisdom, uh, the air element. And what do we see with air blowing through music and sky on uh, the final morning, uh, reminding us of the wisdom that we all inherently have. Uh, and last, I do wanna say uh, something that's super important that we talk about a lot in what we grow is the food element. Food is directly connected to 
the preserver. And what is the preserver on the chess board? That is the king, the masculine. And without the preserver, we none of this, we would have none of this. And in, in other words, if we're not preserving all the beauty and everything from these elements, it's all gone. And the human condition doesn't exist. And that was something I was really proud of at Music and Sky was the divine masculine, the, div the kings there that were there, the men that were there, uh, were so embodying that in a way that was impressive. Uh, and I want to give a shout out to Matt and Owen, my partners, and also the Shakti women who were there as the divine feminine, which of course is the creative, the creative cosmic force, which is the queen on the chessboard. And that is directly related to man, uh, to the actual, to us as we are the creators. And then you have um, the earth, the element of earth, which is directly connected to eternal life. You have the, ele the element of health, which is directly connected to work, which makes sense because you got to work for your health. We we're here to work. And then finally, you've got the element of joy, which is directly connected to the cosmic element of peace. Really powerful stuff. Thank you, Giselle, for this book. I'm like halfway through and I'm loving it. Thank you so much. Yeah, I look forward to reading that too. I just saw this morning it was uh, shipped to me already by Amazon. So looking <laughs> nice. forward to that. So, um, you know, to encapsulate everything you're talking about there, we're talking about the elements, but each element, of course, is a combination of attributes of the seven tonal fields. And when you get into this, some people think you're going into Luciferian stuff right away and everything. But if you just look at nature, uh, as far as the tonal fields, when we get into waveform mechanics and understand the different octaves and tonal fields, it's all the the replication and balancing of these different fields of of tone and color. And of course, they have different dimensions uh, depending what which way you're looking at them. So if you look at the water element, you know, and you're saying, you know, the attributes that you mentioned for it, well, that would be a combination of like rays two and six. Uh, you know, if you're looking at, uh, you know, the 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 other uh, elements, you know, like five, it would be like ray one. And, you know, and so when you start to understand these different tonal fields and how they create the elements and then how those elements in turn, you know, we can decipher those the way the alchemist, uh, you know, uh, conflated the four elements into the three attributes, you know, the soul, the mercury and and the body, you know, which is all these things really come together, which is why, you know, I talk about these things because it's actual science. It's science that you can understand without having a trigonometry prerequisite. Uh, anybody can really understand it. But more importantly, when we start wrapping our mind around how this realm works and how we are inseparable from the realm, then that's where we become empowered and uncontrollable. And as far as the weather is concerned, what we have to consider is that we are the weather. Uh, mankind in this realm are the creators. We are the creators. And that's why this realm was created for us to create. And as creators, um, we have internal etheric structures that are identical to the realm. And one of those etheric um, layers uh, we could loosely call the astral or the emotional. 
that is where weather comes from. So if you take the emotional astral level of every human being collectively on the planet, that is what creates the weather. Now, the indigenous and other groups of people historically understood that, which is why they could do ceremonial magic and control the weather. They could do it with tonal fields. They could do it with visualizations. They could do it all sorts of ways. So the, the takeaway here is it doesn't matter if they're spraying the shit out of us and treating us like bugs, you know, that <laughs> they're trying to eradicate. We are the origin of those etheric realms from where those forces come from in the first place, including how they extrapolate certain elements out of the earth to create toxins in order to try to take us out. Because if we go to that level of consciousness of who we truly are, we control the whole thing at that level in the first place. It's a reason why every new patient that I used to take on, first thing I do is I'd take a few slides of their blood. We'd sit down and we'd have a long discussion while we're looking at their blood. And the whole thing I tried to impress upon people is in this one single drug, you, blood, you are seeing tens of thousands of life forms. And all of those life forms are sentient beings or elementals that make your biological apparatus possible. And they are doing exactly what you tell them to do every single moment through your beliefs and your feelings, especially your emotional body. So when we understand that our own biology is under our directive, we are not the victim of bugs and you know other things, cells that actually take their orders from us in the first place, but we are also the masters of the larger realm, the, the, you know, the larger etheric structuring, in which case we can eradicate any kind of noxious influence they throw at us that's biologically um, you know, trying to control us mentally through the different 5G kind of shortwave technologies and things. Uh, we are absolutely impervious, which is why they need to keep us stupid which is why we go into, okay, here's how you grow food. Here's how you grow and make medicines. Uh, here's how you don't have to be dependent on anything outside of yourself. Here's the reason why you don't have to obey. In fact, it's your responsibility not to obey. You're part of the problem if you do obey. You know, uh, uh, we had a meeting a little while ago, uh, you and I, Mike, with some of our patrons, awesome people. And one uh, young lady in the group who's a fantastic person mentioned, you know, because we were using the term normie. And, um, and, and, you know, and I agreed with her point. She says, well, you know, it's kind of creating separation and, and you know, kind of a, that sense, you know, if we call people certain pejoratives like normies and so forth. But here's the deal. If you're a normie, um, you got to own it because you're the problem. Um, it's not the Rothschilds or Soros or or Obama, you know, or whatever. Those are just cutouts. Those are just front front men. They're they're powerless. And as they do the work, wet work on behalf of the folks behind the scenes, the, the banking cabals and so forth, um, they can only get as far as what we comply to do. So if you are a normie and if you're um, ridiculing, 
folks for just entertaining different ideas, for having an open mind, for actually daring to be different or daring to be free or daring to, um, you know, live out the principles uh, with the, this country was, you know, established upon in the first place. It's like, you know, you've been in our way for a long time. And it's not a matter of hating on other people or or thinking people or or you know bad or any such thing it's just that you're the problem if it wasn't for you these people wouldn't be able to do all these things to you or the rest of us so what's apparent now is that there are people regardless of what information or experience you share with them they are too afraid to wake up so we'll just call them the normie class but right now realize that you are being taken out and there are a growing number of us that refuse to be taken out with you. So, you know, we'll, we've got your back as long as, uh, you know, there's still a chance of you getting back in the game. But in the meantime, you know, we're, we're going to see more and more people in these months ahead, um, you know, taking themselves out in the name of medicine, in the name of all sorts of other things, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, you know, trusting that the 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 banks are going to preserve your wealth and, you know, and so forth. So, again, uh, just kind of circling back to my initial comments, this is the time right now. It's the time we've all come together and it's we've got a job to do and we've got to get it done right now. I will say a lot of the normies are waking up and um, the gal who brought that up to us, she was at Music and Sky with her fiance, had the awesome time. oh is that right <laughs> yeah it's, it's uh, incredible great. time but brought um some family friends a actual uh i could say this i don't think she'll mind um uh well we'll just say that they were on the <laughs> normie tip <laughs> and um were highly triggered by certain talks and mm -hmm. that made them leave early they had to leave early music and sky early because they were uncomfortable oh bummer there. And hmm. I was telling her, she came up to me and was like, was conflicted because said she said that she's finding so much power and uh, enlightenment and um, and uh, just overall enthusiasm around being there in the community, but was wondering why certain people have to be so hardcore in sort of defining the rule sets of you know what it means to be awake or sovereign and and moving forward in this way and i had i said well this is due to natural law there are fundamental cosmic natural laws in the realm that we must adhere to if we are going to thrive and this is what makes this place so amazing and those in sort of the manipulative class who are trying to create this, you know, very much, um, uh, I guess, well, it creates a nihilistic cynicism, right, that we see in, in mainstream society, but it's based on this sort of idea that everything is relative and everything is based around what your impressions are about what your gender is, right, or what what is truth is just based on your own perspective and not based on objective fundamental laws from the creator when we have people speaking to that it is going to challenge those those people coming from the normal world and i was telling her 
Music in Sky is not an initiation process where you come in out straight out of the normie world. This is for black belts. This is for those who have done the work, and that's what makes it so special. We are the black belts. We are the ones that have our shit together that are ready. And so that is something that I think it was like an oh, eye-opener for her, and she's like, you know, you're right. So that would be like taking somebody who's never done an ice bath, right, and throwing them into the ice bath and dunking their head and holding them down for 15 seconds or hold your breath and letting them pop up and go, wasn't that amazing? No, they're going to shoot the hell out of that ice bath and run for their lives. So if you do <laughs> want to bring somebody who's straight up CNN watching nine to fiver, you know, jibby jab person who's, you know, you think might be ready. Okay, cool. But just be aware that it they very well could have a gut-wrenching reactive experience and want to leave, which is fine, which is fine. That does happen. But for the most part, what makes Music in Sky so amazing is we the black belts are coming together. And the black belts are the yeah. ones that are literally shifting the field in real time while we're there. We are doing it. We're like, reality is changing right now for us. And we're, we're watching it happen in front of our eyes. And that's what makes Music in Sky so freaking legit. Um, but yeah, that and was for, really interesting. Yeah. And for folks that are triggered by the truth or offended by it, well, you know, or offended by just being called a normie, well, try this on. How many people have you seen die, like literally assassinated by these folks that we're trying to expose? I've seen that happen on multiple times. People that I know very well had my own bank accounts drained. Uh, had FBI showing up at my, my doorstep uh, to this day, have dear, dear friends that have been in jail for over 20 years for doing nothing. And it's all because the normies want to cast pejoratives at them because they're some kind of conspiracy weirdos or something. Uh, you know, just in the between the 90s and early 2000s alone, there was 400 biological researchers and practitioners that were all assassinated because they were all connecting the dots. And a lot of them were coming out to start doing some whistleblowing. Uh, several of those individuals I know intimately. One individual I knew down uh, south and actually practiced with very closely, you know, he decided to go public with some of the results that we were getting together on patients. I said, don't do it. His whole family was murdered, you know, within months. Somebody, anyway. So, um, you know, excuse me if if you get offended or triggered, but some of us have been sticking our necks out for a long time, taking bullets, and I really don't care what people think at this point. And here's another thing while I'm on a little bit of a rant <laughs> is when the new set of mandates come out, um, you know, a lot of us didn't comply the first time around. But we were relatively polite about it and took a lot of shit from people that didn't understand where we were coming from. Well, this time, if they tried to pull this crap again, um, polite is there's no polite. Uh, I'm going to create scene after scene uh, every time, you know, and I'm going to go out of my way to be in places where I'm supposed to be doing things and refusing to do it. Uh, they're going to have to call the cops. Uh, there's going to be people sued. There's, you know, a, a lot of us are going for it this time. So if you think we're going to be pleasant 
when you try to publicly shame us just out of your pure ignorance, it's like, it's not going to go well for you. It's really not going to go well for you. Yeah. And if it was back in the day before all the overly litigious bullshit, you know, since lawyers took over our country, you know, back when men used to actually be men when I was, you know, growing up and everything, you'd be you'd be dropped on the spot and you wouldn't have to worry about somebody coming after you and suing you. So, you know, I'm just saying, uh, you know, be glad that, um, you know, you just can't get immediately karmically punched you know because uh you know a lot of us aren't going to put up with the shit anymore it's it's over it's over yeah i do see with the coming trends right now pushing the new um you know mandates lockdowns masking and all that it seems like it's they're they're trying to squeeze every last ounce out of that managerial normie class and I don't, you know, and it is interesting how they're sort of targeting a lot of the more southern states, the people that didn't comply, like, it's like, there's supposedly the crown, the, the crown variant popping up in places like Kentucky, and uh, places that obviously are being targeted. But um, it, it, I think what we're going to see is they're just going to, the, those who are going for it are going to be the blue cities, it's just going to initiate more and more division. But also, I think those who are just fed up are going to just not have it in their reality anymore. And I'm I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful that uh, it's not going to be anything like 2020. People are just fed up and are not going to go for it. Uh, that being said, there's a reason why we did the end of COVID. Uh, people were telling us when we launched it in the summer, well, COVID's over. Why are you doing it? A little late, guys. Um, bingo. Look at the headlines right now. Right, Bear, you would know better than most because you've been through the ringer for decades. They never, once they initiate something that's successful like that, they never give up, right? We still have people going through, putting their hands up at TSA since 9-11. Scan my body, terrorists, right? They'll never take those away. I remember when they were saying, oh, we're just going to have the body scanners for another year and then we'll go back. To nope, forever installed. Well, guess what? They want the mass mandates forever installed. They want the six feet separation forever installed. They want that as part of the new reality in the 15 minute cities, probably even. So that's part of the new pseudo utopia they see is that protection is, is more important and vital human interaction. So uh, yeah, good rant, love the rant. Um, we're not gonna put up with it. Uh, and I know everyone at Music and Sky just transcends it with, through love. And it's not like this spiritual bypassing love either. It's like through pure action and through, through, as we saw in the 16 elements here, the 16 forces through work, literally doing the work, which is really important to understand. It's not just meditating in a corner. No, it's like all balance. Like, yeah, you do your 15, 20, 30 hour worth of meditation and then you go to work. And that's what's so cool about this community and with Alpha Vedic. Like yesterday, what were we doing, Bear, when we we're hanging out? We we're digging holes, uh, working on the new prayer garden. Uh, and then we went and kicked it and had cool conversations, had a lovely meal. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, but it, it, work is involved. <laughs> and work is fun. Work is good. And yeah. uh, in certain circles, it's called the great work. And it is the great work, whether you're digging a hole or, or thinking you're curing a disease or something, it's all the great work because you're tapping into yourself 
and understanding how to wield and balance the elements. So uh, all that being said, um, shoot, life seems uh, back to normal. And uh, I think it's going to heat up a little bit again here. I hope that doesn't activate the fires. You know, we've still got a little bit of uh, risk out there. Um, but they're working furiously on the lines out there. So I think we're out of the woods. Um, and then hopefully for next year, this creates some fire breaks and stuff so that we have a little bit of an easier time of it. I will say um, one other one other thing quickly on the this sort of um, on the the angels that are amongst us saw Mm -hmm. many many angels that were firefighters that came here. Oh, amazing! Uh, And you know we do have this sort of mechanistic centralized machine that is big fire, um, just like big ag, just like big pharma. It exists. It's it's been created more and more in the last twenty years where it's a centralized top-down, very militaristic setup, right? Where they bring in these big divisions. And I felt like I was in the military and I was like a private, you know, <laughs> I was on the low ladder, rung of the ladder, even though I had way more knowledge about the local terrain than the division and branch managers or whatever that were sort of the generals and, and colonels. Uh, but that being said, a lot of amazing contractors came I didn't see many feds in the beginning on the fire, and that's because there's big money in fire. But because we live in this dualistic, you know, realm, on that flip side, a lot of people came to make money and also do the do the work. And they're not coming just to fake it; they're coming to save the town. They're coming. They're they're good Christian. A lot of them are good Christians. They're they're very intentional, and many of them were awake to the agenda, and they're doing the good. They're fearing no evil as this sweatshirt says, and jumping in the fi- in the line of fire. And a crew I was working from out of Oregon, uh, but the the chief, the 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 um the main guy, uh, which you call like the engine boss on a Fed fire, he uh he's a veteran and wor- uh, was in Bosnia and um Baghdad and crazy stories and lost his mom in the August fire in 2020 uh in Mendo. Mendocino and is there with uh, his captain who was with his mom who went into the fire third degree burns was in a burn unit for a month came out uh, and was there on the fire and they were all about saving the town and getting and stopping the fire they were there to stop fire and um, and also make a living while doing it but these are the angels that are amongst us there and they were literally entrepreneurs they weren't working for the feds they weren't working for the state. They were doing it themselves and contracting like we used to. And one other thing on that, Garvin, who was visiting, uh, who's at the farm with you right now, who's a Music and Sky veteran, he and his beautiful uh, wife, Liz, or partner, Liz, were there. And he was uh, bringing up a great point about decentralization and how why we used to not have problems with fires is before, back in the day, the logging companies had their own fire equipment. Um, and before that, the villages and people living in the woods had their own ability to stop fires. So when the lightning strikes did hit, they just put them out because they had the ability right then and there to to tackle the fire. Literally, the logging companies would do it. And now, since we've had this big centralized, big fire system, what's happening is while they're allowing the fires to grow to a size where then they can implement their centralized design, make a ton of money, burn everybody out, and all that. So once again, another great solution bear is decentralization moving out into these areas and having the ability to have some basic hand tools, hoses, 
uh, backup water tanks, um, knowing just some basic fundamentals about how to cut a line, how to light fires to stop fire. And I think all farmers should learn this. And as we move out and start our homesteads, get in, into sort of a, a knowledge base around how you fight fire with fire and decentralize firefighting again so that we uh, and have the lawful aptitude and knowledge to say, no, you can't kick me off the fire. This is my land. It's unlawful. I'm going to fight my own fires. And I think that'll be a, another amazing way to move forward um, with yeah. you know, the warfare going on. Here here on Big Flat, we're already talking about getting it together. So we have our own, uh, you know, uh, trucks and tankers and, yep. you know. And then it's up to us like they used to, you know, in uh, in this location, there's not many of us out here and we're pretty isolated, but, uh, you know, we just take care of ourselves. And that's the message I think we're all getting here. Beautiful. So, uh, yeah, uh, amazing uh, talk. And uh, we came, as I wrote up in the little intro today, we came back to the farm, uh, which is a renewed sense of mission as far as, uh, you know, because we realize that, you know, w w when you see that there's forces actually trying to mess with you at the most fundamental level, it does, uh, you know, you can either get discouraged or you can really get motivated. And all the people up here and, you know, people in our collective circles, we're, we're all motivated. This is our year. It's, it's a real special time. So, uh, yeah, so it's time we get it done here. And uh, we're in the midst of harvest. Uh, our yield is going to be so-so. We missed some of our harvest because it was between whatever's going on in the atmosphere out there, stuff just started going to seed early. Um, the yields weren't quite the same. Um, our electroculture helped a lot with, uh, you know, slugs and all that kind of stuff. And then we we also compare notes with a lot of other farmers in different areas that are experiencing the same thing. Just uh, yields and everything are down, uh, you know, and it's it's all the crap that they're spraying out of the sky. So this uh, off season here, we're going to do great lengths to do tons of soil testing and uh, really do a lot more prep work. So we get our yields back up and increased. Uh, you know, we're constantly expanding the farm here. And then uh, depending what we find in the soil to take some extra measures just to, you know, just start you know, cultivating and expanding worm populations, microorganisms, you name it, just, you know, get these soils, make sure that there's nothing accumulating in them because something weird has been happening the last two years. And uh, unfortunately, uh, when the fires were here, we couldn't harvest the stuff that was ready to harvest, but, you know, we'll come out with some stuff. So we're working hard on this end and I can't wait for the new website launch. Because uh, this winter, you know, I, I really plan, well, all of us do plan on really spending a lot of time developing our online community. And we've done a tremendous amount of expansion here on the land. So just like you're talking about getting some land, maybe Southern Oregon for events and things. What we're specializing here is a private workshop retreat, not only where people can come and learn how to duplicate small um uh, self-sufficient farming operations, but also so that we can, uh, you know, teach people in 20, 30 people groups like we did with the law thing last summer. And, uh, you know, we've got new buildings up. We've got a lot of other infrastructure that'll be up by next year. 
So we're going to have a lot of quality, just really, um, uh, you know, kind of retreat workshop combinations. And then as you and I were talking yesterday, Mike, uh, for kind of our VIP crowd, you know, after music and sky, then we have a couple planned events right on the heel. So people that are, you know, coming from afar to, for music and sky, they can come right to the farm, attend some really good workshops and take it the next level. So, uh, and then our on-site, our, our, uh, our new membership site is going to be like being in a private workshop all the time and we'll be available to interact with people and really share a lot. We're going to really develop our media to another whole level. So uh, we're, I'm kind of stoked, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, it's just fun stuff ahead. Yeah, I will say whenever there's uh, experiences like we've been through, it just brings us all closer together. Yeah, it, you know, yeah. it has the opposite effect. It doesn't create fear and depression and and the deterioration of of the community. It it actually does the opposite. It strengthens us, and that's why you know the title "Strengthened by Fire." We're, our resolve is is stronger now, and uh, through all of this, we are becoming formidable. The iron samurai sword through the fire, for sure, ready to cut through tyranny like soft butter. <laughs> uh, love yep. it, man. Uh, such a great talk. And um, I will be out in Texas next month at uh, Confluence. Our friend Chef Molly Englehart is doing with Eileen McCusick and The Way Forward, Alex Zek and, and Kelly Brogan and Don Lester. Shout out to Don in the chat. Don, by the way, is such a little spark plug of love and energy. I love hanging out with her at Music and Sky. She was very concerned about the farm and of course was going to come up and hang and just love you, Don, so much. Thank you for being you. Uh, but she's going to be there, Amanda Vollmer um, and Alex Zach and Kelly Brogan and uh, a bunch of awesome people. So uh, yeah, check that out. That's confluence2023.com. Uh, you can use the discount code winner10 to get 10% off. Hope to see you guys out there uh, outside of um, San Antonio, Texas and Hill Country there. And then, um, you know, we're going to be working on some Alpha Vedic workshops. We're, we are headed into the fall already. So probably just the rest of this year for us, we'll be getting the online platform up and finishing the structures there and then really kicking it into high gear come spring into next summer with some workshops on the land and um, developing community through Alpha Vedic. So keep an eye out for that, alphavedic.com. We are back online and we will be making announcements soon, Bear, right about the proceeds going to the Maui um, relief efforts there. Let's, yeah, and then, um, yeah. I was gonna say, let's take winter, down that wall, Bear. Take down the Lahaina wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, amazing. So this winter also, we'll have a lot of new offerings uh, in our product range. I've been working on some uh, herbal-based uh, products for a long time, and they've been ready to go in my lab for a long time. So we have our first-of-its-kind line of spagyric uh, healing salves, so topicals, but they'll be spagyrically uh, processed, and I'll have all sorts of uh, neat, uh, unique attributes that uh, I don't think I've ever been put out in the marketplace before. We'll also have our new oil pulling formula, which will be the companion product to our best-selling tooth serum, therapeutic tooth serum, Sorry about uh, that. restorative tooth serum, I guess you call it. 
And so uh, that's going to be an amazing one. And then a lot of other things on the way. So uh, stay tuned, folks. Mike, awesome talking as usual. So um, yeah, we're going to get outside, get back to work. Let's do it. That's amazing how the the new, uh, our Mediterranean section of the farm has come along, right? You hadn't seen that for a while. Incredible. I can't not wait for you guys to come experience it. Um, actually, while the fires were happening and Baron Deb were going back and forth between their coastal getaway uh, to get away from the smoke, they would come into the farm and actually built out this amazing uh, prayer garden. It's kind of got four quadrants, herbal Mediterranean garden with this really powerful, healthy olive tree in the middle of it which Deb was explaining yesterday, right? That stands for uh, love and truth or something like that, right? Um, And converted that into a prayer garden during the fires and um, really grounding into the earth element there. And and of course, uh, it worked well and uh, we could feel the energy there. So yeah, that place is just awesome. That's part of the AV campus. And um yeah, I got the chickens in there and you got all you got citrus and all the uh, grapes and everything. It's just coming around in an amazing way. So uh, and lots of food, yeah, so, lots more food. Yeah, just to, oh, yeah, the the new planting beds. Uh, it's it, it's going to be so productive next year. And then on the, we'll finish our pond, I think, uh, at the end of this summer or fall. And then above that, you know, that whole hillside will be terraced with more Javgalan vines. We've got the new Shizandra, uh, you know, growing areas going. And uh, yeah, we're, Deb and I were here as we could, you know, barely breathe through the smoke. We had sore throats the whole time, but we just said, no, um, you know, the way we protect our place here is we, we, we're here every day. We're going to keep working on it, imprinting into the land. And we knew that that would be the best formula for protecting our land. So, and we we had a lot of good, a uh, lot of good things come from it. So, uh, and to everybody out there, I can't tell you how many emails and text messages and everything we've gotten. Just well wishes and prayers. So, love you guys so much. I mean, just I'm blown away constantly by the our whole community. Love you guys, and uh, thank you. Uh, wouldn't be here without you. Yeah, yeah, ditto on that. Thank you so much. There was just so much love and support. We could feel it coming through the ethers. We knew we were protected with all the intentional prayer and thoughts coming our way. And we definitely had some weather changes that were, I mean, the weather was such, so cooperative. We had multiple different red flag evenings where it was going to change to Easterlies that would push the fire right into both my town and the farm. And it never really happened. Uh, the rain uh, incident we had over last weekend, which really kind of changed the whole game. It was only they had, they had set up to half inch of rain, and I think we got more than that, but it was sustained. It was a sustained rain that lasted all day through the night and into the next day and then it sprinkled the next day even. So that was uh, really massive. So let's uh, keep that intention coming, that prayer, that the, your decrees, whatever you do to um bring the rain um they're trying to say well into this bear they're trying to say that they're going to have um the operation going through december um let's let's actually um put that out right so let's bring the rain people i want to see massive downpour coming through september and october up here and having them exit early that would be awesome so yeah i'm i'm also motivated just to really um 
get more proactive in the Oregon technology development and everything. Um, you know, we've we've done minor amounts and, you know, Mitch has been leading the way with that one. God bless him. Uh, but after the events of these last few months, it's time to really take that up a few notches. Uh, they're using technologies, but the technologies we have available supersede theirs. Of course, beginning with our consciousness, but then also creating Oregon devices that are going to really foil anything you know they're trying to do upstream of what they're trying to do so and biogeometry uh, yeah. too um, and the biogeometry yeah. um yeah. bringing the the you know that back into the life force of the land which will yeah. the trees itself create microclimates and bring precipitation in and and all that so yeah. um thank you for those doing your biogeometry stuff too for the farm i know multiple people send in messages about that so, um, yeah, we have so many tools in our tool belt to use. So, uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Love you so much. We'll see you next Thursday, regular time. Uh, we have some amazing guests we're lining up, and we'll just, we're just super stoked to be back at it. So, uh, love you guys, and please share this with your friends and family. It helps get this information out. Remember to get outside, get your feet in the dirt, uh, go for a hike, definitely get in that garden, and uh, go hug a tree, will ya? Love you. We'll see you next time. Cheers.